Kia ora, Olivia Murray here from Arahikoi Aotearoa, the New Zealand Walking Access Commission. Today I'm chatting with Tumuaki Chief Executive of the Commission, Rick Cullinane, and learning about the Mahu Whenua Covenant, which are some stunning tracks in central Otago. This is a really cool story for the Commission, and it does involve international celebrities and some eye-watering landscape down in, near Queenstown and Arrowtown a lot of really enthusiastic locals and yeah. a lot of bureaucracy and it starts in the early 2000s when Shania Twain and Mutt Lang bought two high country stations Soho and oh what was the name of the other one um matter that'll come to me and then they separated and Mutt Lang then bought two more adjoining high country stations, Coronet Peak and Glen Coe. And with those two, he bought them in 2010-2011. And we'll get on to yeah. what he actually bought in a minute. But those ones went through the Overseas Investment Office consent process. Mm -hmm. And the um, consent conditions involved things like um, removing pests, goats, also included um, providing public access over across the two um, stations. I think there were eight or nine tracks that were already quite popular and, and semi-formed. Mm -hmm. So that's when the commission became involved. Stepped in. Yeah. We stepped in to secure the access on on these stations. Mm -hmm. Now in this case the investor Mutt Lang was really, really supportive um, of public involvement and enjoyment of the area and um, enhancing biodiversity and protecting the environment for uh, the future. And over time, those eight or nine tracks required by the Overseas Investment Consent grew to about 23 mm -hmm. with the support of uh, Mutt Lang and his representative down there and, and as lawyers they've been fantastic to work with um, and not only have they agreed to um, a range of other other tracks and trails but they've agreed to form them and, and be really supportive so it's, mm -hmm. it's really really cool. What is the landscape like? Um, it is iconic in the mm -hmm. sense that it is representative of the South Island spectacular uh, snow-covered peaks, um, big sky, um, big tussock-covered hills. It's just rich with history, uh, pre-European history uh, and European history with gold mining and the early European settlement of that area and the transition of activities from gold mining. The Wakatipu Basin was a, um, a quite an important grain, wheat growing area back in the day uh, and now it's mostly grapes <laughs> down there. As somebody said a while ago, converting um, sheep shit to world class Pinot Noir. <laughs> Any, anyway, and um, it's got a very rich um, 
Maori history as well down there. Um, Queenstown and the area, Arrowtown and the Waktipa is a world class mm -hmm. destination and it's just spectacular all around. So we um, ended up with a willing buyer, willing seller situation with a very generous spirit, um, public spirited um, investor and a lot of excitement at the local level. So our role then was to um, secure the access by our walkway easement mm -hmm. and that required finding uh, controlling authorities because the commission isn't resource or funded to do the day-to-day -day maintenance and management and put up signs and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So you would think that would be pretty straightforward and Department of Conservation DOC was one of the natural um, public bodies that would assume that controlling authority role. So back then in the, in the sort of early 2010s, um, they were a bit cash-strapped and were sort of sucking their teeth and quite keen to pick up some of the routes and tracks, the sort of more backcountry ones, um, but not the front country ones because um, they've got quite tight specifications and algorithms for the um, grade or quality of a track that they can look after close to a centre of population. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Sawpit Gully, which is starts right out of Arrowtown, right next to a centre of population, um, is a pretty rough track, sort of high country archetypal track that everybody loves because of its ruggedness. Um, but for Doc to assume responsibility for that under, under their sort of algorithms, that had to be formed to a grade whatever day walk, which A, would cost squillions, and B, is not what anybody wanted. Mm. So who else is down there? Uh, Queenstown Lakes District Council. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're really keen. As well, well, keen on developing amenities, but just wondering how they would manage the, the cost of maintenance and management of these these tracks and trails. After quite a few years, we had finally come to the, the last point of getting agreement between DOC and Queenstown Lakes District Council mm -hmm. on who would look after which tracks. Yeah. Meanwhile, the owner of these stations, Mutt Lang, and Queen Elizabeth II National Trust, were looking at putting one of Kiri 2's covenants over the, the area. Now the four stations, I think, comprise around about 60,000 hectares. Wow. Which is a lot. Yeah. So it's really big. And if you were going to mow it on the weekend, you wouldn't want a big <laughs> night on the Friday. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one huge. way to put it. So uh, it, 
ended up that in about 2015, um, a Kiri 2 covenant was secured over about 55,000 hectares, I think. Mm-hmm. And that was about the time that we were just finalising negotiations with the Department of Conservation and Kingstown Lakes. And the CE of Kiri 2 at the time said, well, we could manage this access under our covenant. And that seemed a pretty good solution. Mm-hmm. But there's, a, there's another bureaucratic but. And this is where we get to exactly what Mark Lang had bought. Mm-hmm. So he had bought the lease, the Crown Pastoral lease over these four stations, not the land itself. So with a Crown Pastoral lease, the Crown retains ownership of the land and the lessee owns the lease. And these leases are renewable in perpetuity and generally get rolled over about every 30 years or so. And they are the equivalent to private ownership. So mm-hmm. the lessee has the right to quiet enjoyment. The QE2 covenant attaches to the lease our easements attached to the land mm-hmm. underneath. So when QE2 proposed to the Commissioner of Crown Lands that their lease, their covenant, could manage the access, the Commissioner of Crown Lands said, no, you can't do that. And in the event of tenure review, which is sort of in its dying stages, back then it was still in operation, so if those properties did go under tenure review, lease was revoked, you'd lose the covenant. Mm-hmm. So Commissioner Cranland insisted that the access be secured through walking access easements attached to the land, which is the Crown mm-hmm. land and managed by Commissioner Cranland. Okay, so we're sort of back to square one. <laughs> and we still needed to find um, a controlling authority, someone to manage the Mm-hmm. and maintain all these tracks and trails. And it made sense that QE2 would do that since they were also managing the environmental um, conservation outcomes of the covenant, then mm-hmm. managing access would be a, a sensible um, sort of partner in that because they're both, both intertwined. Um, Curie 2 aren't in the position of actually doing the maintenance and management of these tracks and trails. Mm-hmm. Next thing to do was negotiate agreements with DOC and QLDC again, mm-hmm. where they would be responsible for the maintenance of these tracks and trails, the various ones, under a management agreement with QE2 as our controlling authority. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, a lot of that gets subdelegated through to the Queenstown Trails Trust and, and all of that. So we're really making progress, and this is coming yeah. to you. But. So the next step is, right, we need to um, uh, register our easements. So the walking access easements are a creature of our Act and uh, intimately connected. So the actual easement document 
is, is really short. It's usually a couple of pages mm-hmm. um, and draws all the normal easement conditions and terms from our Act. However, Linz, or Commissioner of Crown Land, has his own uh, specific schedule or, or template for easements on Crown Land. Mm-hmm. So it took us a long time to step through that process of melding walking access easements under our Act with the template and format required by the Commission of Crown Lands for easements on Crown Land. Right. And we ended up um, with a bit of a hybrid, um, which we'll get into in a minute. <laughs> but the other thing that was um, required was a whole lot of impact assessments um, in terms of each each track needed to be reviewed in terms of its environmental impact and mm-hmm. how to mitigate any adverse um, biodiversity or mm-hmm. um, environmental outcomes. There's also the heritage aspects of it because there's a lot of old gold workings and um, sites and relics that are that are really important. Um, so Heritage New Zealand needed to be involved in that, make sure nothing was disturbed if any of the tracks needed formation or, or adjustment. Mm-hmm. Some of the tracks were brand new, or the proposed tracks were brand new and had to be formed from scratch. Others um, were already in use. And by the way, a lot of these tracks have had people walking over them mm-hmm. um, since the get-go. And uh, so all we're doing at the moment is formalising and, and mm-hmm. securing the whole, whole process. So that was another period of, right, let's go back and, and do this properly and get these mm-hmm. assessments done. Over that time as well um, as, as Lynn's and... Commissioner Cranlands office is sort of moving into a you know, more modern realistic time there were slight adjustments to the content and form of our easements they all needed to be surveyed yeah. um, and that took quite a while uh, for a bunch of reasons one is that I guess the, the sort of survey season down there is relatively short because it's not somewhere you want to be wandering around in the middle of winter yeah um, so right now, where are we up to? We have um, all the easements surveyed. There we have um, walking access easements mm-hmm. that combine Commissioner Crown lands requirements and ours with terms and conditions that manage and mitigate any environmental or aspects or, or heritage and historical aspects. They are all ready to go and we're just working with limbs mm-hmm. and lawyers of the lessees to get them registered and gazetted. At which point, after 10, 11 years, yeah. We'll have completed our job. <laughs> well, the last, um, the last formal bit of it, um, 
and while many of the tracks and trails are currently being used, um, there are some yet to be built, mm -hmm. but they would all be legally secured yeah. um, with all, all the conditions. One of the jewels in the crown is um, what's called the Coronet Loop Track, which will be a walking and cycling track. Um, mm -hmm. About half of it will be new, and that will become an iconic trail in itself that will no doubt lend itself to some sort of annual um, cycling event, I, I would yeah. guess. Mm -hmm. Everywhere you look, you get you just get sore eyes. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, so spectacular. Yeah. So yeah, there's um, there's everything from from short walks and, mm -hmm. and bike rides um, to multi-day type uh, mm -hmm. tracks and trails. Uh, so just a tremendous asset mm. amenity for the country for locals and visitors alike. Definitely. Uh, and largely on as a result of uh, goodwill on behalf of the of Mutt Lane, the mm. investor and, and lessee down there. Yeah. Our easement's pretty flexible. Uh, mm. As I say, we're as flexible as a really bendy thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we can adapt and modify as the situation or demand or, or resourcing Mm -hmm. allows to incorporate a whole range of access. So yeah, that's the that's the story. Yeah. It'll be amazing, eh, for everyone to go and and um do the walks and yeah, hopefully it'll bring a lot more people to the Queenstown region or more than it already does. <laughs> yeah, in Queenstown I think that's a um yeah, just another amenity. Mm -hmm. Um so much on down there. But this story is um, also one of some quite neat collaboration uh, mm. from from a quite a diverse range of, of individuals and agencies, central and local government, mm -hmm. um, the lessee and, and owners themselves have been, been really, really supportive. Um, local governments work pretty hard to make it work for them as Doc and Lynn's as two central government agencies. Uh, you know, we've, we've played our, our part. The locals are outrageously enthusiastic. There's a really strong um, mountain biking mm -hmm. group and advocacy group down there uh, that do a lot of work in the area and highly skilled at um, building and managing cycling trails. Mm -hmm. It really has been a community effort, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. a community from from individual locals um, right through local central government, mm -hmm. the owners, um, NGOs, all sorts. It, it, um, it's quite quite spectacular. If that happened um, everywhere in the country, or certainly with every overseas investment of this case, then um, yeah. Then, then life would be pretty good in our office. <laughs> and it's also um, done the job of sort of forging a whole lot of processes and, and technicalities mm -hmm. uh, for us because we were brand new in 2010 when all this started um, and had to 
figure out how we work with mm-hmm. people that manage Crown land and with DOC and local government and pull them all together uh, in a place where they hadn't had the opportunity um, to sort of for that cross-border, if you like, uh, mm-hmm. cross-border collaboration. Um, so we've got some good models now. Um, so if that ever happened again, um, I'd certainly expect it to take a lot less than the 10 or 11 years <laughs> it's taken us this time. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story and enjoy Mahu Whenua Trails. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Mahu Whenua, we just better mention that. That is the name of uh, the Kiwi 2 Covenant. Mm-hmm. So the covenant that sits on top of the lease is Mahu Whenua mm-hmm. um, from Kiwi 2. Stations underneath them, if you like. Yeah. The lease is uh, still named Coronet Peak, so mm-hmm. Motor Tapu, as they other one. The land underneath still belongs to the Crown, mm-hmm. and anything that happens on that, um, you know, is quite tightly controlled. And then our own easements sit on the Crown land, and they're there forever, whatever happens to the lease. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're very welcome. We've, we've both grown together yeah. that project in it. Yeah. yeah. To see it come to life will be will be really cool. Yeah. Cool.